quarterbacks, according to Hayden Winks, have the chance to be the quarterback one overall scorer here in week nine. They are Patrick Mahomes against the Miami Dolphins, Josh Allen at the Cincinnati Bengals, Lamar Jackson against the Seattle Seahawks. He's number five for you. Three is Jalen Hurts against the Dallas Cowboys. And number four, Joe Burrow against the Buffalo Bills. Hayden, let's spend a little bit more time than we usually do on these top five names because, I mean, week nine. Week nine has some awesome matchups. Let's kick it off with Mahomes against the Dolphins on Sunday morning. 26 and a half implied total for this team, favored by two and a half points. So the Chiefs, as usual, are first in neutral pass rate. They're projected for the most points on the week up at 26 and a half. We should see Mahomes over his illness that he was dealing with last game. Also, that was the second time facing the Broncos. Usually the second games against divisional opponents are a little bit lower scoring. This game is obviously in Frankfurt. They should be a absolute shootout here. Uh, Vic Fangio has played Mahomes very well going back to those Broncos uh, defenses back in the day. Um, in 21 quarters of play against Vic Fangio, Mahomes has led his team into the red zone 22 times, but has only scored seven touchdowns. And that's kind of the thesis of yeah. Vic Fangio's defense, obviously getting Jalen Ramsey will be back. And we have not seen that many playmakers show up for Kansas city this year, aside from Travis Kelsey. So it's not like the easiest matchup because I do think Ramsey is a huge boost to this defense. And Fangio has a lot of experience against Mahomes, but at the same time, if Mahomes gets pushed, you can see these games go into massive shootouts. I think that touchdown point that you made is really important here because you mentioned the two games against the Broncos. And so we are coming off the heels or on the heels of, you know, a, a, a big disappointment for the chiefs, right? But they are still averaging 36 yards per drive, which is fourth best in the NFL, 14.3 plays per game of 10 plus yards in the NFL. That is third best, but a huge difference is those touchdowns like on the season inside the red zone. They are 17th in red zone touchdown success rate, which is average, right? Yep. But for an offense that we believe or a team that we believe is top five in the league, they should be around probably that top 10 area. And Rich Rebar pointed this out in his worksheet. In first halves, they've scored on 14 of 45 first half drives for a touchdown. In second halves, that's just five of 39, which is 30th in the NFL. So like you said, maybe they – like being forced to put the pedal to the floor for yeah. all four quarters can change that number. But there are like little cracks right now. Again, we get little cracks in this Chiefs, I think, offense every single season. They're kind of different. But I think we are going through that period of time a little bit right now for Kansas City. Completely agree. I'm going to be curious to see if they do anything weird with Jalen Ramsey, like put him on Travis Kelsey, maybe in the red area, stuff like that. But I'm with you. Ultimately, the Dolphins could have 50, 60 yard touchdowns, speed this game up, and they are moving the ball. So that's why I'm still sticking with them as the quarterback one. But it is interesting. Like you said, we both had notes about this red zone offense. Right. So I think that's going to be the difference if Mahomes actually shows up as a quarterback one or if he kind of gets stuck as a borderline, like mid range quarterback one. But either way, this game is going to be so sick. Yeah, look, we've only seen one game of Jalen Ramsey on the Miami Dolphins and actually his time with the Los Angeles Rams. He was utilized from a bunch of different areas. I like that shout that you just had Mm -hmm. of maybe putting him isolated on Travis Kelsey a la Derwin James, because if you remember with the Rams, there was almost a first half of an entire season where he played basically in that slot in that star position. So maybe they want to get him closer to the football and try to take away the primary and 
have the likes of Rasheed Rice and MVS and Justin Watson and these guys try to beat you instead. Yes. So I really like that shout. Okay, now let's go to your quarterback two on the week. That is Josh Allen at the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, this matchup always has something involved with it. Two and a half point spread, 23 implied points. Uh, Josh Allen has now thrown multiple touchdown passes in five straight games and has a rushing touchdown as well on top of that in five of his past six games. Another fantastic situation here. Josh Allen did not practice on Wednesday. He said that he would play if he needed to. I'm not really factoring that. He should take a pain injection if he's actually having some pain with that. What's more interesting to me is just the actual individual matchup. Like we talked about in stats versus film last week, this Bills defense was very spread, lots of empty sets, a lot of RPO looks to get the ball out quickly. It was one of the quickest times to throw of Josh Allen's career and a lot more empty than we're typically seeing. And I think this comes at the right time because last season, this Lou Anaruma defense did cause some Josh Allen concerns in the playoffs, really limited. So there was this press conference clip of Josh Allen kind of explaining what actually happened. I found that pretty interesting. Um, I mean, they were bringing some simulated pressures and dropping a DN and bringing the star and, um, you know, throwing some, whether it be junk tamper or some post-high zone behind it, um, and just, you know, mixing up the looks of where they were bringing pressure, so. Yeah, and I think that was, like, the, the key part is just what Lou Anarumo's defense does. Every single week, it's something new, and that's what they caught him slipping with that simulated pressure. And when I went back to just to look at the neutral pass rates in that game, it was actually a very outlier game for the Bills' offense. They had one of their lowest neutral pass rate games of the season, but like I said last week, it was one of the highest. So I think last year's wrinkle and the, how they slowed him down is not going to apply if the Bills stick with the offense that they ran last week and i do think last week's game was really sweet so i just wanted to show that because we always talk about luana rumo and how yeah. good of a defense he has making the most out of these these kind of i would say lackluster skill talent on the Bengals defense but he has these change-ups that he threw against josh allen last time i'm just not sure if that's going to carry over this week just because we've seen something new with the bills offense on their side yeah i like that a lot and actually this Bengals linebacker group is probably the fastest it has been in quite some time with jermaine pratt Logan Wilson, they're making plays. Everyone remembers that San Francisco 49ers game on top of that. So um, I think it helps when you have a fast linebacker group, which it felt like for a decade the Bengals lack that because uh, it helps you know make your defensive backfield and I would say your entire defense faster as well. Yeah, I mean, if Josh Allen is willing to do what he did last week, we all feel like this offense has turned a corner. Mm -hmm. He just has to do it. And – even when they had small struggles this season, he was already a terminator inside of the red zone this season. So adding that to go along with sustaining drives and not having to play pedal to the floor all the time, that'd be great stuff. Jalen Hurts, your quarterback four. This is against the Dallas Cowboys. Three-point favorites here, 24.5 implied team total. Hayden, I give you the floor. So looking back at matchups, obviously Jalen Hurts has experience against the Dallas defense. His last two games have been pretty solid. Uh, he got a win with two touchdowns. He also had 326 passing yards and two touchdowns. But what actually caught my eye was the neutral pass rates in these games. So if you look at here back in 2021, his first game against the Cowboys as like this version of Jalen Hurts, 
they had a season high 86% neutral mm-hmm. pass rate. They really went after them. And then last year as well, 60% neutral pass rate when he was healthy early in the season, which was a little bit higher than it was typically. We've seen the Eagles really air the ball out recently, and it's been a little bit more effective than it has been to start the season. And I just wanted to point out that without Trayvon Diggs, it's been about four or five games now without him. Dallas is number one corner. Their success rate has went from 33% up to 43%. So teams have been able to pass the ball specifically downfield against the Cowboys. And that's obviously where Jalen hurts has been best at. He has the fourth best, uh, big time throw rate on these deep passes in the NFL this year. So it is a good defense. It's not the same level of defense. And I do think that's why I'm sticking with Jalen hurts. Who's been still the quarterback too, with a new play caller. I can start seeing them really kind of pick apart, a Dallas defense is not quite as good as what it has seemed like. I will never bet against Jalen Hurts, but I do want to throw a few numbers at you because I believe he's coming off like a slight knee injury or yeah. some type of tweak. Um, he has uh, rushed just for four times for six yards in that past week. Prior to that, season low, 21 yards. And so the rushing I think has actually stabilized Jalen Hurts in mm-hmm. times this season. Obviously, he's really good at it. They score short yardage touchdowns for when the passing game was, I, albeit struggling earlier in the season. He only has two games over 20 passing points this year, and they've both been against the Washington Commanders. Uh, Dallas leads the NFL in pressure rate, 48% of dropbacks. And so uh, this Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, very good. I think the spotlight is on them a bit because if Jalen Hurts is not going to be mobile, if he is not going to be scrambling, and maybe he is, maybe he's healthy in this game, and I believe the Eagles also get their right guard back, that could be one of the small details, the small matchups Mm -hmm. that kind of dictates this game too. Yeah, luckily, even if he has a lingering knee issue, the tush-push, you don't need that scrambling stuff as much. But I do hear that I have noticed he has not been running around as much and they've asked him about that. And he just like, is giving no comments about it. So it's, I think it's like a bone bruise or something like that, but hopefully that he's juiced up for this game. I just think they're going to pass more than expected. So just like targets and pass attempts and those type of stats. I do like some of the hires on those. After his big performance last week against the 49ers, Joe Burrow is your quarterback four. he faces again, the opposite side of that, the Buffalo bills. They're actually favorites here. Hayden by two and a half points. 25 and a half team total for Cincinnati. I think it is justified because of what Burrow did last game. It wasn't just throwing the ball all over the yard. He was also scrambling on a key uh, couple reps there as well. So very encouraging. Also, as a reminder, the Buffalo Bills are missing Daquan Jones, a defense tackle, Matt Milano, one of the best linebackers in the whole league, and Tredavious White. All of them are on injured reserve. They made a trade for Azul Douglas. We'll see how much he plays at corner. But the fact that this Bills defense is not the same due to injuries is on my radar just because if you're looking at like how the Bills have looked on paper this year, number one in sack rate, number two against fantasy quarterbacks, I'm just not sure if that's going to translate necessarily against a Joe Burrow team that looks like they're very much on fire with T. Higgins back. So of all the the games, I do like the shootout potential because I think the the Bengals are missing one or two star players on defense and the Bills have lost three or four star players on defense due to injury. And I think both of these quarterbacks are playing like absolute freaks. Love that Uh, on play action this past week against again, the 49ers defense, which yes, has given up some big games to quarterbacks this year. Joe Burrow was 12 of 13 for 119 yards. 
pretty good. Also, like 22% of their snaps were under center this past week. Again, this is like a little trickle down of just being able to run a bit more of a normal offense allows you to do more and multiple things uh, with your quarterback, with your running game from different looks and different formations too. My last note in that playoff game, Joe Burrow was on fire. That game had snow in it. He still had two touchdowns, 242 passing yards. That game was more or less a blowout in full command. So I'm not that concerned about the Buffalo Bills defense right here. Okay. The last quarterback in this top tier is Lamar Jackson. This is against the Seattle Seahawks. It's at home, 24 and a half implied team total, which never mind. I won't give this real. If you've made it now by week nine, then you know what it is. Uh, five and a half point favorites. The Ravens are Hayden. I want to give you two things on this. Okay. Lamar Jackson, three games this year. He's been outside of the top 20 in quarterback scores, but also three times this year. He's been inside of the top three scores. So I think I know which side of that equation you fall on. Well, I'm always going to play for the upside because if you're not first, you're last for sure. I will say this Seahawks defense, we talked about it uh, before, especially with Leonard Williams joining this defensive line. Just a couple couple notes here. According to Sports Info Solutions, the Seahawks defense are only allowing 5.3 yards per drop back when they have Devin Witherspoon on the field and only 4.8 yards per drop back with Jamal Adams on the field. Well, they're both on the field right now, and that's right. about as good as it gets. I will say, though, little little asterisk, that was against P.J. Walker, Josh Dobbs, and injured Joe Burrow, and Daniel Jones. So it's been some really rough quarterbacks. So I do think the Seahawks defense will be top 10, maybe even up to top five for the rest of the year. But Lamar Jackson is really playing well, just kind of he's at the mercy of this skill group, which I do think is still fairly overrated he does go in some dry spells on occasion so i think i have him at the end of this tier but he certainly can blow up in this game just because he has shown flashes of like mvp ish type of ball not to the same level as his old mvp self because he's not running as effectively but we've seen that at least in some glimpses of hope against a defense that i do definitely respect yeah it's interesting i mean they put a good amount of points up on the board last week. Thanks to three rushing touchdowns by Gus Edwards. I would actually say it was Lamar's worst game of the season. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there was a game and I can't remember who it was against earlier this year where all of his teammates were dropping passes and it was like a better throwing performance too. So these things kind of balance each other out. I'm with you on the Seahawks and how they've ranked great in many phases defensively where they are near bottom of the league. Hayden Seattle is 26th in rushing yards allowed per game to opposing quarterbacks this season at 23. Now someone that's impacted by who they play like Joshua Dobbs and those mm-hmm. types of things. But do any of them run the football like Lamar Jackson? No. And so that is another Avenue. I think for us to potentially have one of those top three scoring weeks here for Lamar Jackson. I love it. I definitely think there's a tear break from these top five guys into this next one. And whenever we talk about rushing yards and defenses, allowing that always have your eyes on the pick and lobby over at underdog fantasy. Uh, now, a special promo we are running right now. Woo-wee. Matching your first deposit up to $500. Five. So if you put in $102, I will match that for $102. So you get 204 This is how math works. So click the link in the description down below. Sweat your Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays or Germany Frankfurt on Sunday mornings as well. Or Hoops on Tuesday, oh, hoops yeah. on Wednesday, all oh, that yeah. stuff as well. Do you see that LeBron dunk? My gosh. No, I did not. <laughs> You're busy watching one one soccer attempt per per 90 minutes of time. Do or you, you can watch 400 basketball shots. Um, what's funny is 
Aston Villa is basically ranks as high in the Premier League as USC does in the entire Pac-12. Not the country, just in the entire Pac-12. Aston Villa is rolling right now. A loaded Pac-12. The people know top 12. Top five right now. Top five in the Premier League. USC held an elite Cal defense or Cal offense to just 49 points last week. It was special. (laughs) Right. Okay. Now we go to tier two. Tua Tungavailoa is your quarterback six. This is against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, even when the opposition is favored, because obviously the Dolphins are on the road, they're still expected to score 24 points in this game. They are averaging a league high 8.3 yards per passing play right now. It's wild stuff. So, I have a lot of respect. We always talk about it. The Chiefs defense is very good. Some stats. They're third best against fantasy quarterbacks. They are tied for first in sack rate on defense right now. Uh, Chris Jones, special player. They're getting enough pieces uh, from a bunch of like early investments in recent draft classes. They're third in EPA, but at the same time, it is Tyreek Hill revenge game. So I think I'm kind of viewing Tua, who doesn't run as much as the other quarterbacks that we just talked about, a little bit lower of a team total at 24 points. We've seen the Dolphins up to like 30 points in previous matchups. I do think that's warranted just because the Chiefs defense is really good. They are going to be without Nick Bolton. And we have seen the Chiefs defense on a per play basis get really ran on. So I'm curious to see if they're going to throw a couple more uh, little passes or run the ball with Raheem Mostert in this game just because the Chiefs, the only stat they are bad in, they're 31st in rushing EPA allowed. Uh, I think they'll just let Tua throw the ball over the yard and see if they can actually stop Tyreek Hill because it's basically impossible. I mean, it's pretty amazing that Tua completed a season-high 30 passes last week. He hasn't had to throw that much for them to – and on just 45 attempts. We've seen miserable quarterbacks have to throw the ball 55 because, again, whenever they're throwing the ball, they're getting eight-plus yards on every single one of it. So far, though, he has not posted back-to-back weeks of top 12 scoring quarterback numbers, which is pretty Random. insane when you think about it. And the Chiefs have allowed just one top 12 scoring week, and that was only to Kirk Cousins. Um, it's really difficult for this Chiefs defense or any defense to pressure to a tongue because his time to throw is a ludicrous 2.24 seconds. Uh, and that means he's only been pressured on 21% of dropbacks. So this is going to be a fun one, man. I cannot oh wait for these games. Yeah, this could be an amazing one. Uh, Teron Armstead is expected to return coming off of IR for that knee injury. That's a left tackle. Um, but like you said, it's like the offensive line is like diminished because yeah. of that time to throw. It's outrageous. And they're both on the road. Let me correct myself. This isn't obviously in Kansas City. Didn't say that. But they're both at. They're both at. A long <laughs> road. Someone called a plane ride away. <laughs> or a boat. Way in Germany. Okay. Next up, it is Justin Herbert as quarterback seven. This is in the New York Jets home stadium. Uh, But on the road, the Chargers, as you'd expect, are favorites by three points. Um, Talk to me, man. I mean, this this Jets defense still is playing at a very high level. Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback to finish inside the top 10 against the Jets. And on top of that, they also play Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, what did uh, Sala say? Like, they embarrassed those elite quarterbacks. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see if he can embarrass Justin Herbert with this one. Yeah, the team total is justified down only to 22 points for the Chargers. We have, obviously, uh, a lot of star players on the Jets' defense. They've been, like, kind of mediocre in a lot of these defensive numbers, but I think that they will perform 
better than those numbers just because they faced really, really good quarterbacks. It's a tough test for uh, Justin Herbert, who's been uh, definitely less effective without Corey Lindsley and Mike Williams. Obviously, I'm hoping that Gerald Everett and Josh Palmer like actually fully healthy for this game because they will need every little weapon they can get. But Justin Herbert it was nice to see him bounce back last week. Obviously, that's a way worse def- defense. And at home this time, he gets neither of those. So down a tier, but I do think that he's still going to play some really good ball. But he's been super consistent this season, and it's been tough to find consistency, you know, throughout fantasy football this year. Only that Kansas City Chiefs game is the only one he hasn't been a top 10 score in fantasy football. So, like, again, do not bench him. Just manage expectations here is, like, mm-hmm. how I view it. Because Jalen Hurts, as we mentioned, the only top 10 score against this Jets defense, he had to have nearly 11 rushing points to get there. Interesting. So in the air, it has been quite difficult. Dak Prescott is your quarterback eight. This is at the Philadelphia Eagles. Over the last two games, Hayden, the quarterback one overall and the quarterback three overall. He's been, he was so good last game in particular. I loved him getting out of the pocket and finding CeeDee Lamb on that broken play. That was encouraging to see a couple look interesting uh, wrinkles with CeeDee Lamb playing more outside, which I think gives them a little spark. We had Brandon Cooks winning downfield. So you're starting to see some of the pieces come together in recent games and the Eagles defense has been picked apart through the air Uh, teams facing Philadelphia are choosing to pass the ball at the third highest rate neutral situations because the run defense is very good and intimidating and their secondary has been injured Bradley Roby's been injured they just had to trade for Kevin Byard uh, two weeks ago they're 25th against fantasy quarterbacks in this one so not a huge team total for the Cowboys only at 21 and a half because they are playing in Philadelphia this week but I do think that Dak Prescott should have plenty of pass volume and I was encouraged by how Dak Prescott played these last couple weeks um Sam Howell Mac Jones Kirk Cousins all had quarterback one weeks against this Philadelphia Eagles defense but at the same time they did limit what to to just 216 yards two weeks ago. Um, but then again, just after that 397 yards and four touchdowns, the same how weekend after that. So like, I don't know if this Eagles defense is a bit more high variance than we're used to, uh, Dak faced them just one time last year. Guess what he finished in fantasy football quarterback, three quarterback, one overall 28 wow. fantasy points in that game. But again, this is a bit different. It's, he's a road dog road dog here. For sure. Uh, hoping that we get Tyron Smith back. Did not practice on Wednesday with a little neck and in- neck injury. Didn't play last game. It didn't really affect them. But this Eagles front line, very good. I think that was a stinger during practice. So it wasn't from a game. It was during practice on late notice Damn. last week. Okay. To me, there's a pretty big cliff. Big me. one. <laughs> big one. So congratulations if you drafted one of these guys. You had to do it early-ish with two included. Have you ever been on vacation? After a long day of activities or sightseeing, you have a night in. Room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. 
So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog. Or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Because um, next, it's Derek Carr. Derek Carr is your quarterback nine. Yeah. Don't love it. Bang. Um, talk to me about this because there are some things that Derek Carr is doing fine, and there's some things that Derek Carr is doing poorly. And speaking of poorly, he's facing the Chicago Bears, and that means the Saints are seven and a half point favorites here. Well, they just traded for superstar Montez Sweat, Josh. I mean, what are we going to do with that? Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to play. Uh, Jaquan Berkser, their safety concussion protocol hasn't practiced. Tremaine Edmonds dealing with a knee injury as well. So the Bears defense could be even more banged up than it typically is. They're really bad. Derek Carr, this is just a race on regression. Are the yards, which the Saints, are, Derek Carr is 11th in yards this year, is that going to regress first closer to the touchdown totals which is at 21. So are we going to get more touchdowns out of Derek Carr and actually hitting Chris Olave down the field and getting Taysom uh, Hill's package on the sideline? Or is it going to be uh, the same old, same old where Derek Carr kind of gets stuck? But the reason why I had to rank them this high is just they are top three in plays per game and they are top five in projected points this week. So I don't want to rank them this high, but I think I have to. I mean, I think it makes sense when the Bears are allowing 70% completion rate, 7.3 yards per pass attempt, a nearly 6% touchdown rate uh, on their way to allowing 18 passing points per game. All of those are 23rd, 27th, 29th in the NFL. Sam Howell is next. Speaking of high variance, but actually, Hayden, I mean, in terms of just fantasy football bubble, if you just look at the fantasy points every single week, you think that Sam Howell is like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, he has now been a top 12 scorer in four of his past five games. However, we talk about the formula all the time. This is in New England. The commanders only projected for 18 and a half points and they're three and a half point road underdogs. This makes me nervous, but I'm looking for any upside at all. And like you said, Sam Howell's a quarterback 10 this season over the last month. We've seen the commanders pass the ball in neutral situations at the third highest rate, completely abandoned the ground game and let Sam Howell cook the playing Bill Belichick and Sam Howell in particular against Bill Belichick terrifies me, but this is not a strong uh, Patriots defense right now. They're 27th in passing EPA. They're 13th against fantasy quarterbacks. They're 30th in sack rate right now because so many of their star players are injured. We do have uh, a left guard placed on injured reserve for Sam Howell on top of that, but I'm hoping we get Jahan Dotson, and Terry McLaurin absolutely cooking. I think that those two could beat this Patriots defense. Just worried about the sacks and if Bill Belichick has oh, some wrinkles where this thing completely falls out. So my buddy Rich Rubar, the worksheet, go check it Dog. out on football. Dog. Um, I asked the question of like, okay, how could we go from those roller coaster performances from Sam Howell to getting what we got last week, which is just one sack, four touchdowns, anything. We've already outlined it. Um Against the Eagles, his average time to throw was just 2.4 seconds. That's a season low. 54% of his passes were less than, or excuse me, were further than five yards on the field. So that's been his lowest rate since week two. So we kind of got 
a little bit quicker game. I'm not going to call it nice. quick game, but quicker game, same how, which again, takes some of the negative plays out of it. And as we keep saying, sacks ruin drives over and over and over again. So on top of that, the Patriots are actually 23rd in passing points allowed per game at 14.2. So I know someone texted me and like, hey, I lost Kirk Cousins. I lost so on and so forth. I need to go to someone and they mix in Sam Howell with like a bunch of names that we'll talk about at the end of this. And I just recommend them to Sam Howell just by saying, hey, I know it's not pretty. Don't watch the game, but he's gotten there in even worse situations, I think, so far. Underdog Pick'em Lobby, by the way, matching spots up to $500, has his uh, fantasy point projection at 16.7 points, which wow. is a lot higher than these next names. That's a lot higher. Okay, speaking of, CJ Stroud is coming up next. This is against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. It is at home. Despite all that, just 21 and a half expected points for a Texas defense that is not scoring many points anymore. Right. That's been uh, slightly problematic. And I just wanted to point out, just because it's been a little while, updating the Texans' interior offensive line. First of all, they had second-round center, Juice Scrugg. He hasn't played a single snap. Backup uh, center, Scott Quisenberry, he was ruled out before the, the season. Now, the third-string center, Jarrett Patterson, he was just placed on injured reserve this He was a six-round rookie that had played, I think, every single snap this season. And he was playing fair enough ball. Uh, left guard, Kenyon Green, he hasn't played. His backup, Kendrick Green. Uh, don't know how you have a Kenyon Green and Kendrick Green on the same team. Both of them are on injured reserve. They've had to move Titus Howard, who we thought was going to play right tackle going into the year, into left guard and putting in George Fant, uh, a veteran kind of uh, minimum guy uh, at right tackle. So Stroud's been balling with all of that nonsense. And That's I think they had to move their right guard over, or maybe their left guard over to center, right guard over to center, one something like that. And now they're replacing pieces like you're talking about. It's been nuts. But yeah. the fact that C.J. Stroud's been able to look good, this good with all of that nonsense is a credit to him. And then for this matchup, just real quick, the Bucs, uh, they are 29th against fantasy quarterbacks. They have not been able to rush the passer, which is good news for C.J. Stroud, who's also been limiting sacks at a very good rate given the offensive line. And teams facing the Bucs have been a little bit more of a pass funnel. Uh, they're 28th a neutral run rate allowed so maybe we get the texans to pass the ball that's been my one thing that i wish i could change about houston aside from getting damien pierce some more touchdowns would be to stop running the ball as much damien pierce has not practiced this week so it could be devin singletary hopefully that's the excuse to say let's go cj shroud we're ripping 45 pass attempts this game enough of the run nonsense one beat writer can't remember who mentioned that damien pierce might not play just because they want to get him rest off that ankle uh, and hopefully it heals for the rest of the time. So something to think about there. Uh, also to think about Todd Bowles and his third downs. He loves to get super exotic and creative, which can give some rookies problems. Mm -hmm. uh, CJ Stroud hasn't fallen to this trap so far, but they do a lot of late rotation or delayed blitzes to get one-on-ones or free rushers, so on and so forth. So it's something for CJ Stroud to think about. That's for sure. Okay, another rookie right after him. Bryce freaking young Panthers are two and a half point underdogs playing at home. Just 21 and a quarter points here. Um, we saw a, again, first game with Thomas Brown as play caller, a slightly different offense here in that on 10 plus yard throws after connecting on just six of 25 of those in weeks one through three. Now in recent weeks, he's gone 22 of 41 for 416 yards. Um, so I liked what I saw last week. Mm -hmm. 
this wide receiver core is still incredibly slow, but Bryce Young elevated them last week with some awesome throws out of structure. My primary reason for ranking him this high, which is by far the highest I have, aside from all the other quarterbacks being on by or injured, is this Colts defense is allowing 69 plays per game by far the most in the NFL. Their cornerback group has been problematic, and their second-round rookie, Juju Brents, he has not practiced this week with a quad injury. That would even lower them beyond that. Colts have been 21st against fantasy quarterbacks. We've seen Gardner Minshew throw the ball in weird game scripts before, and I'm hoping that the Bryce Young uh, post-buy rookie bump is actually real. And I think that the Panthers passed the ball a little bit more last game than they did previously, which would make sense to me enough, like CJ Stroud, enough already with trying to run the ball with this team. Let's just see if the first and second overall picks could actually ball out by themselves. That's what I'm hoping the Texans and Panthers start to do. If I can maybe run some salt on this in a negative way, uh, no team plays less man coverage in the league than the Indianapolis Colts. And so far this year, Bryce Young is averaging a league low 5.7 yards per pass attempt with zero touchdowns and two interceptions against zone coverage. Mm-hmm. Not great. Not great. Okay. Speaking of, the next quarterback on your list is actually Gardner Minshew, who I am streaming uh, in the league this week. Um, this is, again, a team that is favored despite being on the road. In recent weeks, over his last four starts, 45, 51, 41 passes. Um, they throw the football a lot. They throw the football a ton. Minshew's been very fantasy reliant and reliable. He's had 28, 16, 13, and 13 fantasy points at 17 on average, which makes him a borderline uh, quarterback one. And he's done that against, I couldn't believe this, in his four starts against the Browns, Saints, Ravens, and Jaguars. All of them are top six in uh, EPA allowed. And the Panthers fit in there too, right? Right there, right below at 29th. So that's that's what we're dealing with with Gardner Minshew. And on top of that, Panthers just placed Jeremy Chin and Gutierrez Matos on end reserve just a couple weeks ago. So I think it's a pretty solid spot for Gardner Minshew. He's kind of hit and miss on how much he decides to run around. I will say the Colts project for a lot more points. They play with a lot of pace. So I'm actually being um, a good boy, not ranking Gardner Minshew. <laughs> That high because at one point I had him like my quarterback nine because look at the play volume and new uh and how many points they're supposed to uh score, but probably a lot of that's going to go to JT and Zach Moss, right? and that's what I wanted to bring up. Now we say that, and you know, the Panthers have allowed just two quarterbacks to finish higher than quarterback 17, it's because they've gotten bombarded by yes. the running game, but that's not to say, like you said, that their passing defense is good. Mm-hmm. This could easily be touchdowns in the favor of Gardner Minshew running it or Gardner Minshew throwing it. Like both paths are open for the Panthers defense to be beaten, basically, yeah. is what I'm saying. So, like, it has favored the running game so far, but that could easily flip to one side and be to the passing game this time. I, one of my buddies, started both Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor in a game, and Gard- I had Gardner Minshew shimming into the end zone twice. That was like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And I, I will say, even last week, when he completed 56% of his passes mm-hmm. through an interception, we still get home because he's throwing the football so much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So hopefully that continues. He's a maniac. He is a maniac. Deshaun Watson is next. We can talk about the situation. I don't think Deshaun Watson is playing. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> Look at your camera. It now does an automatic thumbs down when you do a thumbs down. Do all of ours do this now? What the hell is that all about? <laughs> it's just you. Freaking AI. It's it's just you doing it. Uh, I'll bring up the tweet from Jake Trotter, but basically Deshaun Watson was asked if he was playing, and he's like, we'll see. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Uh, all I knew, the Browns are projected for 23 points against the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been bottom five, bottom 10 in every single metric you can possibly drum up right now. So this sure. is a placeholder and PJ Walker, I think would be in the streaming mix in this range. I don't think Deshaun's going to play. I think they're trying to test out that arm yeah. last uh, in that practice, but he said that he rushed back from that injury. And so I think that they're just well, going to bench up. The other part, when you say not sure, because you're dealing with an injury that you feel is significant to me, that also leaves the door open that if you do return and do play, it goes back to exactly what we saw last time when he was on the field, that like yeah. if a series or two goes poorly, then boom, you're back on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not 100%. It's pretty clear. Okay. Right. Geno Smith is next. Again, this is the opposite end of that Baltimore Ravens game. We just posted a scheme on the Seahawks offense. Last week they did it against the Cleveland Browns, and now you follow it up against the Baltimore Ravens defense. I wanted to rank Geno higher, but – the Ravens are first against fancy quarterbacks and Geno Smith's been the quarterback 21. So I'm not sure if there was anything behind the scenes during that Shane Waldron breakdown that, you, that caught your eye. Well, what's crazy is he only has one week higher than quarterback 17 scoring on the season, right? That's it's um, been an issue. <laughs> and it, again, it doesn't get any easier this week. And I think Hayden, a slight part of that is Seattle is 19th in red zone touchdown success rate at 50%. Some of that is that short yardage blocking that we talk about with the running game so often. Um, we got the Mina Kimes bump while we were recording the show on scheme, which is great. We'll see if more people get to check that one out this week. That helps. Um, but I do feel like Shane Waldron, with all these toys that he has at his disposal, he's almost this like puppet master in some ways. And when they run hot, it looks awesome. And they are getting a bit healthier along the offensive line too. But Mike McDonald, as we have talked about with, you know, Ben Johnson being the golden boy in terms of offense, Mike McDonald and his defense is like that on the Ravens end. Yep. He's a, he'll be a head coach. Okay. Should I just throw the rest up there? Because like they are. Yeah, it's tough. In tier. It is Baker Mayfield, Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett, who Jared Smola just pointed out, and his career so far through 20 NFL games has never thrown multiple touchdown passes in a single right. contest. Uh, and then Daniel Jones, who is coming off an injury. I'm going to make a bold prediction. Kenny Pickett tonight scores multiple touchdown passes. Pass wow. funnel against the Titans. No Kevin Byard. Their backup safety, Mike Brown. He's probably not going to play. Roger McCreary, that's a starting corner. He's got a hamstring injury. He's not going to play. So uh, I think Kenny Pickett would be like as bad of a super flex starter as I'd want to trot out there. And then with Jordan Love, this is my last time giving him a chance, you know, like I don't think that he's played to this ranking, but this Rams defense has been quite problematic, even with Aaron Donald, their 28th in sack rate. And the Packers have a pretty solid team total at 21 and a half points. And then Baker Mayfield just throws the ball so much. And he's been fairly effective at doing it this year that I'm going to give him a chance. The Texans have been playing a uh, pretty constrained defense though. It's constrained a word. Making th making things up. Nobody subscribes because of my grammar and pronunciation or anything like that. Uh, early in the season, when we posted a video on that on Scheme, uh, when Baker Mayfield was thriving against pressure, you know he had 125 
quarterback ranking uh, since the bye week. He is now 14 of 38 for four yards per attempt and a 58 quarterback rating against uh, pressure. So these things even out quite a bit. And for Daniel Jones, even earlier this year, he was rushing for 39 yards per game. That's not going to happen now that he's injured. Right. That I'm hoping I will move Daniel Jones up if Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas, his left tackle and right tackle, are healthy. They are still limited in practice. Okay. To finish this one completely out, uh, it is Matt Jones, then Taylor Heineke. Go down to the bottom. Uh, then Matthew Stafford, probably not playing, in Fine, my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wilson, and then Will Levis on Thursday night. I mean, even in this week, Hayden, you have Will Levis as your quarterback 23. Just quickly on Taylor Heineke, I want to make a point. This gets the Minnesota Vikings. Atlanta is one of two teams remaining without a touchdown from outside the red zone this season. And this extends to Arthur Smith last season, too, and the quarterbacks he's had. Scored a league low seven touchdowns from outside the red zone. Just under Smith, under Arthur Smith era in Atlanta. Maybe Taylor Heineke can get it going because they certainly have the talent to score 20 plus yard touchdowns. Drake London hasn't practiced groin injury. That would be a factor for Taylor Heineke. They said that they didn't want to start Ritter um, in this matchup, which kind of like is, to me is like they don't trust him under pressure because Vikings are obviously going to bring all of that pressure. Um, so that was something to kind of read into. And I had one last, Oh, on Will Levis, uh, the touchdowns were awesome. He has some upside, but when you get Cam Hayward back, you have TJ Watt and Will Levis. He doesn't have his right tackle. Chris Hubbard, he's out with the concussion. That makes me nervous for a team. Even with all those touchdowns, we're 31st in success rate on their dropbacks last week. Deandre Hopkins is playing through an injury. So as fun as Will Levis was, I am not going to ride that momentum too much. He will throw the ball downfield. I think over his career, he'll be three out of 10 on those type of passes. And last week he was about four for four on them. Yeah. He was three for four in his touchdowns when he pump fakes too. Um, I think it's worth having Will Levis on your roster somewhere. If you have quarterback questions right now and just see how he plays on Thursday night, you know, that's fair. Totally fair. And this Steelers defense, uh, we talked about it yesterday. If they can create pressure with Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, that will, to me, change the you know entire way that this game is going to fall out, especially with having Cam Hayward back to protect the run as well. So that's a huge deal against this Tennessee offensive line, which is actually probably overperforming whatever talent they have out there, and it's still right. a bottom 10 unit. On the flip side, no Mika Fitzpatrick for the Steelers. Oh, really? So some of those pump fakes and stuff, you're having wow. a backup in my opinion, I would put my safety about 25 yards back and say enough already with those type of things. Okay. Now let's go to the tight end position, Hayden, the top two names that you have on your list. And we might be able to throw a couple more in there. You can tell me if you want to, but we'll keep it with uh, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. I just kind of did a little state of the union with these two guys in the blueprint linked below. Travis Kelsey has a career high 2.7 yards per route run. He has 7.7 uh, receptions per game. All that stuff's electric. His only stat that's down is his broken tackle rate is like cut in half, which makes some sense. But the the wide receiver talent around him has been so bad that all of the stats are still up despite that. Uh, still very good. Mark Andrews, his receptions per game, 6.3 into that really big breakout season. Last year was at 4.9. This year it's at 4.6. I think a little bit of the target competition has eaten at him just a little bit. So Mark Andrews is not quite the elite, elite tight end, but compared to these other guys, he does stand out. Okay, next three names. 
Dalton Kincaid, Kyle Pitts, and Taysom Hill. What a freaking trio we have here. First with Dalton Kincaid, we talked about Dawson Knox is out. They are only living in 11 personnel right now. Mm -hmm. And there were some chips and releases and those things, but we loved during Stats versus Film and highlighted how he had this feel for zone. And it was actually on extended plays. He had a great feel for too. So we're a touchdown on one of those. And also uh, along the sideline, turning it up the field when Josh Allen pointed. Anything else you want to say about Kincaid? 84% routes, 12 expected half PPR points. And the Bengals just happened to have allowed the most points to fantasy tight ends this season as well. Even last week, George Kittle went crazy with 19 points. I don't know if we're going to get more passing volume with Taylor Heineke than we had with Desmond Ritter this season. I think people are hoping for more efficiency on top of it, more accuracy on top of it. But I don't know if we're going to see more, again, opportunity in the direction of Kyle Pitts unless, like you said, Drake London misses. I'm assuming that Drake London's either going to miss or be limited, and that's why I have Kyle Pitts up. And we've also seen teams get scared to run against Minnesota. So if we do see a couple more pass attempts, that would help Kyle Pitts. And also I'm treating Kyle Pitts as a wide receiver, and Taylor Heineke is the king of just letting guys go win some passes. So maybe that leads into uh, more Kyle Pitts targets. So Taysom Hill basically operated in a weird way as his team's backup running back last week. Uh, nine carries for 63 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he has no receiving touchdowns this year, but prior to that being the team's, let's say, RB2, he had 11 receptions in two games on top of 13 targets and 99 yards. I'm viewing him as a running back vulture because I'm not sure if he's going to catch as many passes now that Juwan Johnson is back ready, but they have committed to the bit. Now you have to respect that. And like we said, with Derek Carr saints are projected for the third most points this week. So over the last month, he's been the tight end eight on tight end six usage. Uh, we have lost some players due to quarterback injuries and the bye week this week. So we are going absolutely wild with our top five tight ends. Yeah, and Taysom Hill, I mean, this Chicago Bears, they, yeah. as we talked about with the quarterbacks, should have a bunch of expected points. So if they score points, then maybe Taysom Hill scores at least one touchdown. We'll throw Dallas Goddard up there too and then just continue on here, Hayden, with like the likes of Jake Ferguson, David Njoku, Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson, and Trey McBride. I think Jake Ferguson's somewhat interesting. It's been so up and down this year. Finally scored a touchdown on that beautiful pass from Dak, Dak Prescott. He got a couple uh, dump-off passes on top of that. Ultimately, he's averaging eight expected half-fever points this season, so hopefully some of that positive regression continues. And against the Eagles, uh, we've seen Logan Thomas, TJ Hawkinson, and Hunter Henry eclipse 13 fantasy points. So I do like Jake Ferguson's uh, chances of scoring some points over the middle. And then David Njoku is dealing with, I believe it's an ankle injury, so we'll see if he plays. Um, and then the rest of these guys, like, Hawkinson Schultz and Trey McBride. It's like who can sit in zone faster in garbage time. Um, and I like Schultz's quarterback situation the best. That's all fair. Okay. To close this one out, Logan Thomas, Johnu Smith, Hunter Henry, Luke Musgrave, Michael Mayer, and Cole Komet. I think if you don't have a, a tight end above Logan Thomas, you should just make a trade. Like the, I think there's a big tier break between those guys. At least the top guys are getting some volume or attached to good quarterbacks. Like there's no reason really to be trotting out the Musgrave, Mayer, Komet tier. Uh, only note, 
Hunter Henry. It's been a while since we've seen him in the end zone, but they are starting, I mean, literally in a break yeah. wide receivers. So Hunter Henry hasn't been playing as many snaps. Uh, he's like been rotating with Kasiki. I hope they give Hunter Henry a chance to get back up to 80% routes because if that is the case, I do think we can see Hunter Henry get back into the tight end one discussion, but kept him down uh, for now until I see it. My final note, and I forgot to mention this with Will Levis tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, we talked about those deep throws and without Minka Fitzpatrick, Pittsburgh has allowed a 109 quarterback ranking or rating on throws 20 plus yards or further down the field. That's 29th in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So maybe like this, this style, this play calling can match itself week on week, but we'll see. Well, I also think that Joey Porter playing on the perimeter and putting Pat Pete back inside is going to change, change that, that dynamic, you know, but no Minka, no Minka matters. And that was even with Minka, you know, right. but when they do pressure the quarterback, like I talked about, uh, they're allowing a league low 38% completion rate. So, right. okay. Sicko's chart. Bring it up. Man, it is making me nervous here, but Steelers tonight. I like them going against Will Levis. Just see if you can get some turnovers and some sacks with Cam Hayward and TJ Watt against a backup right tackle. Obviously, the Browns, every single week, their defense has earned it. The Saints streaming against Tyson Bajan. We got love to see that. The really bold one would be the Raiders. Uh, they're the like sicko streaming defense of the week. They are potentially catching Daniel Jones with a bunch of backup offensive linemen. At least you can watch Max Crosby, who's one of my favorite players to watch in the whole league. Other options, you have New England against Sam Howell taking a bunch of sacks. The Chargers against Zach Wilson always do for a nice pick six. And aside from that, don't really love these options. I know the Falcons project well um, against a backup quarterback in Jaron Hall, but they just lost Grady Jarrett. They don't ever turn (laughs) or have that many sacks. So I guess we're streaming the Steelers if you can. And if not, just watch Max Crosby and hope. There you go. All right. That is it. We'll be back tomorrow, Friday, with wide receiver tiers. And then Sunday, I don't know, around noon, probably, for our start-sit show, since we will all be watching this Kansas City Chiefs and Miami Dolphins game in Germany. Okay, everyone, shout out to Producer Weaves. Shout out to all of you. We're actually giving away hats tomorrow on the show. So be on the lookout for that. Up the villa, fifth place in the Premier League. We will talk to y'all soon.